Everybody ready for some word today? Okay. Let's, uh, let's go to Psalm 34. Psalm chapter 34. Also, if you're uh, wanting to find a, the second place, that'd be Psalm 145. These have been the two texts or opening scriptures that we've used the last couple of weeks for this new series that I've been teaching and uh, I trust that you're blessed so far. I've heard a lot, a lot of really uh, good comments. And uh, if you don't have good comments, I haven't heard those. And thank you. Um, but, but for those who have had good comments, I, uh, I'm glad to hear that it's the series so far has been of uh, a blessing to you and helpful in many ways. Uh, Psalm 34, let's begin here again. This is the third part in a new series, The Goodness of God in a Very Bad World. Psalm 34 verse 8 reads, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Say it out loud with me. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. And then Psalm 145. Psalm 145. You see, this is our foundation of our relationship with God, our ability to communicate Him accurately to others, is that God is a good God. He's not a bad God. And He's not a good God that does bad things. Good is not just a title or the name on His office, but yet when you really get to know Him, man, He'll mess you up. He'll just mess your life up really good, in a, you know, in a negative way. No, no. His character, His behavior, the things that He does is consistent with His nature. Consistent with His title, if you were, or any descriptive word. And that is, God is good. In Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9, the Bible reads this way, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. Now, this description of the Lord is quite different than what is existing in the minds of many people. Even many people who are saved, those who are in the family of God, they would not describe the Lord if asked and, you know, not expected to give a certain answer or not quoting scripture. They would not describe him as always good, as gracious and kind to all, but rather they would describe him sometimes as uh, angry or upset or judgmental or uh, that that God he's given he's been accused of many things and it's very important that our perception our understanding of God not only be accurate for our own selves so that we know that God is for us and not against us that he wants to do good things in us and not bring us down but also so we can accurately communicate him in a world where he's being maligned he's being defamed he's being accused you know the the the, the scripture says in revelation that 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 satan basically he, he he's referred to as the accuser of the brethren he accuses us day and night but i tell you what not only that but he accuses god when 
when things happen in your life, those around you or in our world that are unfavorable, undesirable, harmful, they cause suffering and pain, God is usually uh, the one that gets the blame. He's usually the one that's accused. And people say, why would God do this? And those in the world, those who do not have a relationship yet with the Lord, they'll look at us kind of cross-eyed and wonder why we will lift our hands and praise a guy who would do that. Praise a God who just, you know, sent a, just, just sent a flood the other day to the East Coast. Huh? Because people's perception of what he is doing and what he's not doing is oftentimes very skewed. And like we said to you before, our perception of any experience that we have is limited. We're not seeing the whole, the whole picture. We're not seeing the spirit realm. We're not seeing everything that is involved with the cause or the reason for those events taking place. And so we're trying to clear the air here, trying to get the murk out of the water so we have an accurate understanding of God. I tell you what, when we do, worship will take on a whole new meaning, whole new level. When this revelation that God is good, even though we live in a chaotic world, it will cause you to lift your voice and lift your hands and shout the victory and give Him praise every time you think about him because you know he's not behind the suffering and the pain and the you know the the things that are going wrong in the world he is the savior he is the answer he is our helper amen praise god and so i mentioned this to you last time that to say that god doesn't cause bad things but allows them how many know that still insinuates that god plays an active role in hardship that's still a false accusation. In other words, he allowed it. What we're saying, or, or people, when they say that, they're saying that he allowed it on purpose. And that's just not the case. And it's still an indictment against God. And he is being accused of things that are just not true. Could it be? Now, I want you to consider some things. And I realize, let me just, let me give a little preface here, just to soften the blow. I realize that some of the things I'm saying in this series and some of the things I'm saying and about to say in a second here, some of the things I'm saying today are different than what many people have been taught about God, all right? I would just encourage, if this is a new concept, uh, to not throw it out quickly, I'm not, I'm not saying swallow it hook, line, and sinker just because I'm talking, just because you're in church. You should analyze it and judge everything that I say. But don't throw it away quickly because you might miss out on something that will change your life and change your relationship with God forever. But could it be that God is forced to allow things? I want you to consider that God might be forced to say, you can't force God to do any. I'm not talking about me forcing God. In fact, I'm not talking about anyone forcing God to do anything. But could it be that some things are permitted, some things happen contrary to His will, and His hand is forced in being absent from direct involvement in that situation? I know that's, a, a, again, a new concept for some, but I'm not, again, no one, no person, no, no demon in hell, no, there was no one greater or stronger than God that could force him. But is it possible that 
that he is forced not by someone else, but by following his own word. That he is restrained from involvement in certain people's lives and in certain situations in the earth because of his own word and the fact that he designed the earth and man to operate in a system where they had control. Do you hear that? Silence. <laughs> the thought can often be that, well, no, I, that's hard to accept because God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's all-knowing. He is the highest authority in the universe. And so how could you say that somehow he could be restricted or restrained from anything that takes place when he's God? He is the all in all. Well, think about this. Is it possible that God, in his omnipotence, in his sovereignty, could have set limitations upon himself when it comes to involvement in the affairs of men? When it comes to involvement in the earth. Is it possible that God, being the master of the universe, being uh, the omnipotent one, when he created, he set things in motion to where in your life you would have say so beyond his word. That you would have control, that you would have authority in your life Beyond what the Lord has in your life. Is it possible? Can you accept the fact that God in His sovereignty, in His creation, designed it that way? See, if we say He's omnipotent, we have to say, well, yeah, He could have done it that way. He could have set it up that way. He could have really created the earth, created us, created a system to where he was limited in his in further involvement without us giving him access. And the reality is, that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. God empowered humans with the ability to choose. And his involvement is limited by those choices and by their cooperation. God can't lie. He can't even change this. Isn't that the one thing He can't do? God cannot lie. So He cannot even change what He already set up in motion. You can go back to Genesis. Remember, uh, right in the beginning, didn't He say, and let them have dominion? He created, he created us, he created mankind and said, let them have dominion. He didn't say, let dominion remain with me. No, he transferred it, he delegated it, he said, now you guys are in charge. He created the earth, he created these things in such a way where they would continue on their own. Now let me come back to that. Psalm 138, you're there close. Just a, well, just a real short left turn. Psalm 138, verse 2 reads this way, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Now, now think about the powerful statement there. He said, you have magnified your 
word, in other words, what you say takes prominence, preeminence. It is more weighty than your very name. Now, we think about it even, in, even now. Back then, that wasn't the case. But now, we have the name of Jesus, don't we? We have it. It's His name. We've been given use to that name. It is the name above every name. It, it, it is the name that, that demons tremble at, right? The name of Jesus is above every name. Yet the Scripture says that God has exalted His Word above His name. You know what that means? Your name is you. My name represents me, my character, who I am as a person. My word, this is true, it ought to be true for us as well, by the way, that we exalt our word above our own name as well. That means when we say it, we live by it. And I tell you what, that's the way God is. When he says it, he now has come under his own word. And so him delegating authority, the dominion to his creation and giving the earth to mankind to rule and run, that's a, that's a, that's a done deal. That is not just retrieved because they mess it up. God does not operate this way. You make a wrong decision, I'm going to step in and override that decision because it's not my will. No. He already gave us the right to do that, and He set this thing in motion to where our word would stand. Our choices would have real consequences, good or bad, and He doesn't interrupt the, the process and stop things from happening as a result of it not being correct. See, that's the story of my life right there. That, <laughs> if He only would have done that. <laughs> well, I... I I know. <laughs> We've all done things and, and, and wished God would have stepped in and, and stopped us or overrode our decision. But how many know that's not the way a relationship really works? Huh? That's not the way, that's not the way any, any person who is married, you don't really want that, hopefully, that spouse, uh, you know, to be, you know, Stepford wife kind of thing or... You know what I'm talking about? They're just robot and they just do everything you say and they act all perfect, but there's no will in the matter. There's, there, there's, there's no desire there. God didn't create us that way. And, and so when he set the, these things up, now, now let, me, let me back up for a minute. Last week we ended talking about this, that instead of this language that's very common in, in Christian circles, people say God is in control, we showed you Scripture, literal Scripture that says that, that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. And so it would be incorrect for us to blanket the world, our lives, everything we see, and say God is in control. That's an erroneous statement. All right. But so, so that's that's when it comes to the world. But what about when it comes to our lives as individuals? Well, we know that the evil one has control in the world, but what about us? Well, here's where it comes back to we do. We have authority, we have control, we have a right to make choices, to choose to go one way or the other, to believe good things or bad things, to rejoice or to be sad, to be, uh, to, 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 you know, the, the emotions that we allow to dominate us, the things that we get involved with, this is up to us. You see, there are ways that God created the earth and, and us as well. And for example, the earth... The work that this world we live on has natural laws, okay? And, and here's the point. God is not stepping in every five minutes and getting involved in it. Now, I'll clarify that in a moment. But gravity is a natural law. 
God's not turning it on and off from day to day. He doesn't come down and make sure it's going. Make sure someone turned a switch on. You know, I used to milk cows years ago. And uh, many years ago now. And uh, we had the, all the milk uh, from, our, in, in, from the cows would go through the pipes. And they'd go through this thing called the ice machine before it got into the tank where it was cooled and kept turning. And uh, we had certain responsibilities. And uh, one of mine, at least on this day, turn on the ice machine. <laughs> Regular part of, you know, pre, uh, pre-flight, I guess. Uh, I forgot to turn on the ice machine. And so we got done milking for eight hours or so. And, you know, the tank is full of uh, thousands of pounds of milk. Hot milk. <laughs> you know it doesn't come out cold? Yeah. It, anyway. <laughs> you know, and the things are turning. It's like, we're going to have a big tank of butter here soon, I think. <laughs> Isn't that how they, how they make that? Anyway, that was bad. We saved it, though. We ended up routing it out and back through and back in. And uh, I was off the hook. How did I get off on that? <laughs> yeah. God created the world to keep going. Uh, you know, there are natural laws like gravity, thermodynamics, and, and you know, th- these type of things. Those things just continually work. It's how God created the earth. There are also spiritual laws that God designed, set in motion, and they just exist. Watch. They exist outside of His direct involvement now. They are laws. They continue. I, we, we could take time. We won't today. We could look at a lot of spiritual laws in the Bible. These things don't need a manager. They are in motion. You can use them for your benefit or for your harm. Natural laws can help you. You know, they can keep you from floating away. They can also cause you to fall, you know, fall off a cliff or something like that. Spiritual laws are the same way. The things that Jesus taught, he would say the kingdom of God is like this. It, it, it works like this. He's not saying that, that God is directly making everything happen as a result of what we do. No, God set a good system up. If we will learn how it works, we will benefit from it. If we go contrary to His laws, it's not that God is causing good and bad per se in every person's life. It's they are using His wisdom, using His knowledge and understanding to benefit from the way things were created. Okay? What am I saying? People's choices are continually at work. And life as we have it and life as we know it is the result. It's not the direct result of God's intervention. Some of it is. But a lot of what happens in the earth just doesn't have anything to do with God. Other than the fact that He created it, He started it, He got things moving so it so life would be a blessing to everybody. The rain comes on the just and the unjust. It's a blessing to everybody, but there is there are some hiccups now, but it wasn't because God set that in motion. In other words, He's not involved with every lightning bolt. We look up in the sky and there's lightning and say, ooh, what's God doing? nothing (laughs) you know we're not primitives like we're thinking about the the, you know the um, 
the Greek gods and so forth, and we think Thor's doing something, or you know, or the gods are fighting in heaven, or you know, and and that's the and there's always a a, a reason for every act of nature. It's just not that way, okay? And likewise, every negative thing that happens in a person's life, everything that goes wrong, that is not an, an indication of God's direct involvement. He set up spiritual laws. He set up, He gave us His Word. There are people that are running contrary to those laws and suffering as a result of it. Now, we're going to get into that stuff a little bit later, But we just need to have this perspective and understanding that God's involvement in the earth is not in everything, okay? Why do some unbelievers have prosperity and have a good marriage? And some Christians are in poverty and and, and have have a terrible home life. That doesn't make any sense at all. Does it? I mean, you got a child of God who's living, it looks like a, you know, just a pathetic, horrible life. Sorry. They're, they're living and it's not going well. And you got some unbeliever that doesn't even know God. And yet things are going pretty well for him. That doesn't make sense to me. Does that make sense to you? God's not directly involved in prospering a heathen or keeping back good things from one of his children. There are laws that govern it. He got things going so that all could benefit But it's possible for any one of us to run contrary to those, to be ignorant of them, to to do the opposite of what we should do. We've all done it. We know this is the case. Why do some people fall off cliffs and others don't? (laughs) It's not a matter of God being directly involved. It's a matter of gravity is at work and some people work too close to the edge. Am I making things really unspiritual here? God doesn't make the sun come up every day, nor is he making choices every day who's going to live and who's going to die. You see how this is contrary to the way some people, their image of God, he's God, he's all powerful, he controls all this. No, he doesn't. That's just not the, that's not the language we see in scripture, but we see one where God did things for us. Let, Let me show you, let me give you a couple annoying verses. Uh. I'm, I say that because you're not going to be like putting these up on the refrigerator and stuff and uh, mirror confessing them every day. But, but let me say this as well. I am not saying and I'm not on board with this idea that God got everything started and now he's distant and now he's uninvolved with the affairs of men. No, no. He's involved in my life big time. He's involved in your life big time. And, uh, and uh, we can see the hand of God on many things in life. And there is a way to invite His involvement and to have Him engaged with us every single day. And, of course, that's what we're all about. So don't go to that extreme when I'm saying He's not turning on the lightning and, you know, making the sun come up and turning the gravity on every morning before, you know, before you get up and, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Is He involved in your life? Wants to be wants to be and will be and has been, and we can identify that a lot. You, you can turn to these if you want or you don't have to, but Isaiah 45 and verse 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. How many like that verse? <laughs> well, the, these are verses, sometimes 
I like to clarify what is in Scripture so we have an understanding. But this is not saying that God is the author of darkness or that it is His will because you can go back to creation and see that He didn't create it. He didn't create calamity. He didn't create hardship. He didn't create pain. He created everything good and said, this is my, this is what I did. This is good. But what verses like this are saying is that God created everything. He created the system. He created you and I with an ability to choose, to make choices, to go one way or the other. Another one that's similar is Proverbs 16.4. Proverbs 16.4. The Lord has made all for himself. Yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. Well, it's like, that doesn't sound very good. The Lord made the wicked for the day of doom. Well, he doesn't say he made them wicked. Huh? But he made them, they make choices. See, this is the, this is why we can understand, say, God is the creator of all. Yes, but he's not the perverter of all. He created all things good and gave free will, gave us an opportunity to rule and reign in the earth, and we've made a mess of it. In the big picture, mankind, human beings have. You know, let me just give you a couple other verses here. Psalm seventy-eight, forty-one. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Talking about the Jews, how, what did they do? They limited God. So I thought God was all-powerful. Well, what about this verse? Yes, He is, but He has set things in, a, in motion in such a way where mankind has control over their own destiny. Where we make choices every single day and we can invite the blessing and the in- intervention of God or we can limit Him by these decisions and these choices. Was there ever supposed to be suffering in the earth? Well, it was never a part of God's will. It was never a part of God's plan. It was never the way that He wanted it to be. You know, sometimes kids will just, kids might say something like, well, why don't God just kill the devil? <laughs> or maybe you've said that recently. <laughs> why, why don't God just kill the devil? Let's just take care of this turkey. And uh, well, see, here's the misunderstanding. We have this idea sometimes that because God is God, He carries the title God, He is all-powerful, that He can do anything He wants whenever He wants to, and that's not the case. It's, say, why is that? Again, what we've been saying. He has submitted himself to his own word. When he created, he gave authorization to live and move and make decisions and govern this planet. It was done. He can't just step in and say, change my mind. I'm taking it back. You can see that throughout many places in Scripture. Here's a big one. It's called Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, getting ready for not a very fun experience, bearing the sin of the world, becoming a curse for us. He prayed for hours, sweat as drops of blood, and said, Father, if there's another way, let's take it. Let's do it a different way. Let's save these guys a different way. Guess what? No other way. There was no other way to get it done. 
There was no other way to redeem us. It had to be done through legal channels. There had to be a legal sacrifice made that would satisfy the laws of justice in the universe to where we could legally be declared righteous, clean, holy, and pure. Once that was done, now we have right standing with God and it's settled and it's done forever. But God had to do it a certain way, not just because He was God. That understanding of Him, Jesus is unnecessary. He could have saved us just because He's God. With that understanding, He could do all the things that we're often, people oftentimes accuse Him of not doing when He should have done. He could have healed every person. He could have saved every person from destruction. He could have removed every obstacle from people's lives. But I'm telling you today, even though there are situations we may not totally understand, that's not the way it works. That's not the way God set up His kingdom and set up the earth. He set it up in such a way where it would almost self-govern there's more we could say here, but Adam gave his authority to Satan. That's why he became the God of this world. And we still have, though, the right to choose and make decisions concerning God's involvement. And what we believe, good or bad, really does have a, have a, a natural and effectu- effectual outworking in our lives. It's not, well, just whatever God wants. No, God wants, he wants only good for you. He's a good God. He wants you to be blessed, blessed, blessed. He wants to lift us up. Come on, remove sin from the picture. Remove all that stuff. And what do we have? Heaven. That's His plan. That's the character of God revealed without hindrance. Without any kind of uh, obstacle in the way. But we can see how much has been done without his intervention. Psalm 115, 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Think about that for a moment. The earth he has what? He has given to the children of men. And why do we think that everything happens on the earth is controlled by God now when he gave it to us? And quite frankly, many people on the earth are not in submission to God at all. They're in submission to the God of this world. And therefore, there's a lot of junk going on. There's a lot of suffering. God gets blamed, but he really didn't have anything to do with it. Huh? Even to this degree. You know what? That The company that made your car, let's pretend they're perfect. <laughs> you know, I mean, if a car had no... How many know, let's just say it this way. The car company is not responsible for how you drive your car. And just because, say, well, there's something wrong with my car. Well, it could be user error. Yeah. I mean, I realize sometimes there are design flaws and stuff because mankind is fallible. But when it comes to God, there are no design flaws. He, he set it up in a good way. But he's not responsible just because we drive the car, our car the wrong way. Because we get in a wreck, that doesn't mean it's Toyota's fault. That doesn't mean it's Ford's fault, right? Okay. So we live in a fallen world. See, this is one of the main overarching things that help us to understand why God's not to blame, why His goodness is not being seen in everyone's life, in every situation. We live in a fallen world. You know, I've got a, I've got a number of scriptures, but Romans 5.12, 
Uh, I'm just trying to speed things up a little bit, but therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, we, we can see through Scripture that sin has entered the world. This is why so much junk is going on. It's just really not that much more complicated than that. It's not the end of the story for us, but it's an explanation. It's why kids are sometimes born without a chromosome that, you know, causes physical or mental retardation or something of that. It's why people come out with or born with diseases. It's why, it's why some person, all of a sudden, they're cruising along through life. They're not any worse, so to speak, than the next guy. We've all sinned, but they're not any worse than it. But they, all of a sudden, they find that they got this cancerous tumor in their body. I know sometimes there's natural causes and people do harm to themselves and you can, they can show links. But for, for the most part, as a general rule, a lot of times people are going through life. They're just like everyone else. They've sinned and so forth. But, but one person's living a healthy life. They're doing well. The next person is blindsided by, a, by, by some junk. Why does that happen? We live in a messed up world. Not God's design, not His plan. That wasn't His purpose for their life. Come on now. It's like a computer virus. How many know computers can be awesome, helpful, or the pain in the... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I mean, when they get a bug or there's a, there's a little thing wrong with them or they get a virus or something like that, man, it's talk about hindering your work, hindering what you're trying to do. They just don't function like they were designed to function, like they were intended to. That's called the earth today. It's not firing on all cylinders. There's problems with the weather. There's problems with germs. There's problems with our, our physical bodies. You know, they're, they're, even, even those of us who are, who are healthy, there's, you know, there's little issues now and there. Why is this crooked and this not straight? And why does this look like this? And what, where's the hair going? And, you know, and, and, you know, there's all kinds of things going on. Is it God's, is it God, is God involved with that? As much as He's involved with the lightning storm. Or the wind blowing today. Or the exact temperature. He's not involved, per se, in that. Okay? But some of these things are happening outside of His best, His perfect will and plan, because the earth has a bug. It's called sin. And I'm not saying that we're helpless and hopeless now. I mean, Scripture says that even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is renewed day by day. There are answers and there are ways that we can bring God on the scene to alter the course of this buggy world. And that's what we're going to get into some as we, as we go forward in this. But God is not the reason that people suffer. Remember the scripture we read a couple of weeks ago that says that no temptation has taken us, but such as is. We didn't focus on this phrase, but it says common to man. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Such as is common to man. There are things that are common to mankind. There are temptations. There are trials. There are tests. There are things that come against us. They're common. We all understand them and know them. But why are they common to man? It's because... This, this world is messed up. This earth is not functioning as God originally designed it to function. Okay? Everybody with me? So you don't need to beat yourself up and say, why did this happen? Why did this happen? I didn't expect this. Chill. Say, is there something wrong with me? Yes. But we don't focus on that. <laughs> We've all blown it. We've all sinned. Let's focus on the grace of God. 
But you don't need to beat yourself up, up over, over something and think, man, I just must be a horrible person for this to have happened. Yeah, you were born into a messed up world. There is sin in this world, okay? Good news is, is we still have the promises of God. We still have the victory that's won in Christ. There are ways that we can override and overcome all the junk that is in this world. And so instead of blaming God and saying He is to blame, we can get to a place where we not only are not falsely accusing and falsely describing, but now we're in override mode where we, we can begin to alter and change the direction of our future, and we can actually avoid tragedy. We can, we, we can sidestep some of the junk that is in this world, and the power of God can be brought on the scene to make a difference. Everybody with me? All right, if I had another hour, maybe we'd get into that a little bit today, but we will get into it later. Everybody okay? Say, well, what about... Well, I'm going to answer some more of those whatabouts as we go along. Okay, but I want you to know this, that God loves you. He is good to you every time, every time. Amen.